Welcome to Danny Goldberg's Rock and Rolls Hour. This podcast is an expression of our shared connection, and we are dependent on you, our community, for support. Please go to mindpodnetwork.com slash Danny and either click on the donate button or bookmark the Amazon link through which we get a small percentage of all your purchases. Your support will allow Danny to continue his captivating talks and interviews. Hi, this is Danny Goldberg, and this is Rock and Rolls. And my guest today is my longtime friend, Rosanna Arquette. She's uh, got dual citizenship in the inner and outer worlds. And in the outer world, it's kind of mind-boggling going online. And it says you've done 70 movies, including working with people like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, and uh, directed movies. Uh, She's a daughter, a mother, a sister, a wife, a champion of rock and roll, an activist. but is also someone, I've always felt that you, like me, were really kind of influenced by the 60s culture and had this other notion of who you are that's not necessarily dependent on these externalities that we crave so much. I still crave them. I just made a list the other day. I'm trying to write about this. And I made a list of all the titles I've had, you know, and it was like 30 of them, how I cling on to these titles. And I'm just wondering... How in your head do you balance the, the, the tremendous demands of, of show business? It's hard, it's hard enough being younger, and it's even harder getting, getting older. And, and to, to, to both to play roles, to get roles, to compete, to deal with the media, and on the other hand, to have an inner sense of yourself that's not about all those things. It's very hard. It's challenging, um, especially uh, aging and and what people expect of you, they go back, like, they're just showing Desperately Seeking Susan with Susan Seidelman tonight in L.A., which I'm here. Right. And um, and I'm not going to do this question and answer because after a while, because I'm here anyway, but, you know, the, I am now Susan's mother. You know, I'm the right. age of, that's, 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 that's what I would be now, is that, that girl's mom. Right. Um, at, at the point, I'm just, anyway. Um, I meditate. I do meditate um, often on different ones for many years. I like transcendental meditation, so I have a mantra. But I also always am searching uh, for something that's just going to calm my spirit. I read every spiritual book. I do love Ram Dass. Mm. And I met him mm. when Martin Scorsese was doing uh, Last Temptation of Christ. I got to meet him, and he was uh, a wonderful man. Um, I was raised, my mother was a Jew, my father was Christian, and then they both became Muslim. <laughs> so how old were you when they became Muslim? <laughs> we lived in a commune in Virginia, and, uh, the, and so they, for some reason, f- sought that out as a religion that they decided to take on. But then when my mom was dying of cancer, she decided she was a Jew and is buried as a Jew. My father is buried as a Muslim. And we celebrated all the religions. So for me, I love it. I think whatever leads you to the God that dwells in you as you, which is what Muktananda always said. Mm. And I always thought that was uh, always felt good to me. Um, I know that there's something more powerful than me. Uh 
in life and people. I, I know there's, uh, and I, th I think it's just really at the ultimately, ultimately it's the energy of love. I'm so ADD right now, so I'm trying to concentrate. I'm just, yeah. I can go, like, my, I'm, kind, I'm keeping my eyes closed so I can concentrate on what I'm saying <laughs> because I, I'm going to go on all these tangents. I can see it happening. Anyway, mm. um, so I, I, I met this man, Sadhguru, who's, uh, and I went to India and I went to his ashram last year, which I thought was really beautiful and learned his meditation. It's a great daily practice that I, I like. But I also love the 12 steps programs um, of the of the 12 steps I'm I'm not an addict but I I um, do like their 12 steps um, I like I kind of like it all anything mm. that makes you feel good and there are times where I go into the depths of despair mm. I think that might just be the artist artist way in a way the that that uh, where I get really blue and really depressed and what is this what is this thing um, that I have seen in most every artist that I know kind of goes there. Mm. Musicians, painters, actors. So it's in those times to try to get to a place of of serenity and, and centeredness where you don't your mind doesn't take over the stinking yeah. thinking monkey mind stuff that were the chatter that is like saying things to you that are just so wrong paranoia like uh, that person really doesn't like me they didn't they weren't really nice you know like the, the places that you can go especially in hollywood um mm. and just and 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 get to at the end of the day none of that matters i mean the fame stuff all that is, is when you you can't take it with you mm. and so it really is very simple as i'm getting older and i my daughter just turned 21 it's about kindness and gratitude, and um, and and I, I work really hard to be kind all the time. There's times, you know, some jerk is cutting me off, and, and or, or and I'm cranky, and I'm, like I can see where, like what, you know, where you can be reactive, and that is the work that I'm doing on myself to try to temper. Mm. Yeah, I find uh, when I go into a dark place, I like actually am convinced that that's reality and that all of the spiritual stuff is just like superstition and that I'm conning, you know, and, and it's, uh, it, it's just uh, uh, hard to, uh, it takes to me, prayer is, is my default because meditation, I can't always meditate. By the grace of God, the last couple of years I've been meditating regularly. Up until a couple of years ago, I just felt I had convinced myself I couldn't meditate, that my mind was wandering too much. But uh, And people would always say to me, because I had this Eastern religious stuff around, they'd say, oh, do you meditate? I said, well, I don't always meditate, but I pray. Prayer is easier. I'm with you. And what, I'm shaking my head as you're saying this because, you know, I don't meditate every day. I try. I have a mantra. But the, even this morning, it was like I, I had to get out and didn't do it. But I do pray. Yeah. And I find myself praying kind of 24-7 sometimes. Yeah. Just where uh, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just doing, oh, it's like a mantra of, of, and God for me, I, I could use the word God, but, it, you know, uh, we talked about this for a second out there, uh, this new Pope. Yes, yes. Pope. What do you think of oh. Pope Francis? I just love him. Because we've I grown love him up so we, much. I mean, it's an interesting thing. We have an institution that still is not treating women equally, yes, and not really honoring fully the humanity of gays, yes. 
and and he he has not changed all of that, but he's he exudes a compassion and a love that somehow just changes the whole dynamic of the Catholic Church for me. Absolutely, and I uh, and also um, he's also not uh, giving a get out of jail free card to. Um, the, the abusers. Uh, abusers, which yeah. I think is huge, huge, huge yeah. statement to make. And for everybody to get that that's not okay, and he is saying that's not okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, on top of that, I think he's really touched by a, a white light. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and um, I, I really like him a lot. And if there is, like, if I am... I'm Jewish. I my husband is very very uh, Jewish, but so I, how Jewish do you like uh, keep kosher? No, oh, yeah. no, 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 none of that, none of that. Right. I go to the high holidays for really for my husband, but I right. have just found this amazing rabbi that I actually love. That's in the, in uh, Los Angeles, pretty hip, and he really teaches a spiritual psychology class. His name is Doctor uh, Rabbi Mordecai Finley. Love him, and he does this class. Uh, once a week just on dealing with relationships and how to hmm. communicate in a great way with everyone. And that I, I like a lot. But um, I, 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 I kind of, I, I embrace it all. And ultimately is just love. That's really ultimately what I'm trying to get to on a daily basis all the time. Um, and I have a lot of flaws like everybody. And those are the, the if I just pray a lot, um, I feel better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've been very uh, saved by prayer for a long time. It's, uh, it's one, of those, uh, one of those things. I, I, I mean, years ago, I, I had a spiritual teacher who passed on in 1989, Hilda Charlton, and, and she had this thing the first time I went to a meeting. I, I, Ram Dass told me about her. Uh-huh. Because first Ram Dass told me about some Zen center, and I went to Zen, and I hated the Zen because my mind just kept wandering, and my knees were hurting, and yep. it doesn't feel spiritual at all to me. I just felt like a loser. <laughs> so then uh, that didn't, and then and then I went to her, and she said, "You've got to challenge God. You've got to say, I don't care what you did in the Bible thousands of years ago. Answer this prayer in 24 years. I'm sorry, in 24 hours. Answer this prayer in 24 hours." And I had been unemployed for six months at that point, and couldn't pay the next month's rent. So I went out, and I said, "God, you've got it." This is what she said to say. And and the next day I, I, I got a three-week job, and then I did it again, and then I got the job that, that set me on my career path. So I at, a, at an age in my early 20s— That's a prayer that she—a specific prayer she gave She you. said, just say—use say, so any words you want. She said, use any words you want, any language you want. Just talk to God, like, right. sincerely and say— if you're real, sh- you know, show it to me. Otherwise, show ha- me the way. Yeah, it really is. That's <laughs> you it. Know? And and so I had this sort of. It was kind of for me a miracle. You know, I can't now. People could say, well, it was just a coincidence. Uh, what well, what is even a coincidence? Who created the? Co- what is that? You know what? But but for me, so in my early twenties, I had this experience. So no matter how low I got, I just figured, well. That happened once. There's something out there. I don't know if I can connect and I may be disappointing it or I might be out of line with it. But if I make that effort and I found that to me, that's something I can do without having to, even with an ADD wandering mind, you know, that, that five seconds. Of prayer. Now, of course, I told my kids this their whole life and they just rolled their eyes. You know, it's hard to, you know, people either decide to do it or they don't. You know, some of the people closest to me just that find prayer like it seems like a too Christian or too old-fashioned or, 
you're, you're too much believing in invisible, like Bill Maher. You know, I love Bill Maher. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, I don't happen to disagree with him about he thinks there's nothing invisible that exists. To me, a lot of what exists is invisible. Yeah. It's just a matter of opinion, I guess, you know, but... Uh, so what, 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 did you, you're younger than me, so I don't know how you related to the hippie world. I, so many times over the year, you've always referred to yourself as something. I mean, you grew up in a commune. That's uh, a I, product of the hippie world. What, what, what do you make of the legacy of sort of the hippie culture? I miss that so much because it was such a huge, that was my childhood. Lovins, my mother was an activist, um, did you know, marches with Martin Luther King, uh, that she she uh, did the peace uh, peace anti-Vietnam War march in Chicago, that she was one of the organizers, and he was there, and I was a kid, mm. and I remember meeting him. And, oh, wow. And just being in the back of a truck. She had painted Stop the War, Kill No More on my chest. Um, he, he patted my head, you know, oh. and it was... I. But I, the music, I was a kid at Woodstock. I wish I could say I remember everybody and Jimi Hendrix, but I was a kid in the mud, and I remember Country Joe and the Fish. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I, that is so in my, the core of my being of that beautiful time where it really was just this beautiful time where people were, were truly trying to stop the war and make it about love i mean just that famous photograph of the flower inside the gun yeah, you know and yeah. that that was a time which boy it's you know we need to get it's time to get back into the garden um with joni mitchell yeah um, yeah we got to get ourselves back into the garden um which she actually wrote that song crosby still nash did it um made it a hit but um <laughs> I, I, I know <laughs> you know you of all people know that i was just saying it for the audience that I, maybe not know yeah, no i <laughs> yeah i um so what do you i much very much i'm again i'm i was at woodstock too i was a, i review i was a journalist you know i was just starting my guy i was i reviewed it for billboard you know at 19 none of the older guys wanted to cover it and so I, I went up and had a hotel room, you know, and uh, was not muddy. The, the people thought I was a narc or something because everybody else was so muddy, and I and, and I wasn't. But and, and I and what I remember was the audience. I remember what I wrote about. I said the audience was more important than the music. The music is what drew us there. But the, there was this sense that we were all in this together, and that we kind of trusted each other. Just because you'd look at somebody and they had that look that you could trust, and that definitely quickly was destroyed by people like Charles Manson and, you know. That uh, wasn't it that weekend? It was, it's, I think it went hand in hand. It was the next weekend or something. It was right in the same really? time. Yeah. yeah. And then you see years later when they tried to recreate Woodstock and the last Woodstock, six girls or eight girls were raped. Yeah. And the, the fires, the, the, I mean, it's <laughs> that was so depressing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they you know, the name. Set the, 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 the stages on fire. Yeah, I'm dubious. You know, it's certain. What happened? But that's what I was going to say. Forgetting about Woodstock in the 90s, which is a different conversation and has to do with, you know, kind of concert promotion and security and things like that. But what happened to the basic um, fibers of the of the spirit? Uh, what have you thought? Like I like, where did it? What what ruined it? And 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 what are the elements that could possibly restore it? Do Money you think about greed. this? The greed, 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 greed in mm. our world, not just our country, but and and it seems like that's what's eroded 
that love i mean in in a strange way that's that isn't that what's going on i mean there there's pocketfuls of people and there are many people that are i'm making sense right now you're in the you're bo- editing thank god yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no we're we're not okay. going to edit this okay. unless if there's something you wanted to take okay. out but i love I just, the okay. truth of it i mean it's, it's i think it's greed yeah that um seems worse it's a it's a it's a disease the disease of greed yeah i mean i think there's a there's a lot of different levels i mean certainly certain drugs were worse than other drugs i mean that's one thing for sure i mean i know i when i was doing pot and acid it was perfectly i thought it was pretty positive and healthy even though i wasn't functioning in the commercial world well, when i started theories. shooting speed and heroin yeah you know it was definitely bad for me and 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 so the one thing that happened was this idea of drugs making them all one thing because of it's funny because because it was illegal they were all all, all kind of the same and you would get them from the same people so that's one thing and um you know there was just not Again, a, that's enough purity yeah making money from that yeah yeah more and more yeah yeah well greed and then you know greed for that short-term rush you know mm-hmm. there's other kinds of greed besides the greed for for money um I think I, I I believe in medical marijuana and and making it legal. I think it's uh, it can be very helpful. There are also people who are addicts and smoke it every day, and it can be damaging to the. To oh yeah, the of brain. course. But um, heroin and crack and all the things that are out there, and, and even ph- pharmaceutical drugs. Oh, more I mean, listen, Michael yeah. Jackson died, and Elvis uh, both yeah. died from pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. it's the pharmaceutical companies yeah. are killing us. Yeah. Now. Yeah, but um, and Monsanto. So, do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah. What, whatever uh, the carbon, you know. But um, so, what, by the time you are acting and starting to deal with Hollywood, um, is there a, is there a carryover of sort of some of that hippie things, or was Hollywood for you sort of a new chapter? That was that was a that was a departure from it because all of us have to differentiate from our parents, however good or bad they were it's it, it's a different time in your life it is although my my company i started is flower child productions <laughs> yeah. um so I, I it's a different time but i will always yeah my soul is a hippie yeah me too and me i am a, a bohemian hippie and that yeah. is who i am i tried to tell my husband who is not and grew up completely different we're polar opposites and i said i said i'm a hippie and he goes and he keeps, no, you're not. I said, no, I am. I said, you have to understand that. You've got to get that. I think he's getting it now. Good, good. Um, slowly but surely. Um, it's hard there in Hollywood. I don't know. I, I, I've always felt like I was a little removed from it, even though I did it and it was my job. I never really was in the... I'm more, I'm more kind of involved in that world now Right. And a lot more than I was when I was younger. Right. I really stayed away from it. In fact, I also poo-pooed it, put my you know, so Hollywood. I don't what do I need Hollywood for? And it basically bit the hand yeah, that fed yeah. me. Right. And I think that was kind of a reputation I had that wasn't really great. Right. Um, right. Because I was a little bit of a rebel. I moved to France and did French, you know, worked with Luc Besson and just had a career over there which was fun. And now it's just a matter of Hopefully, finding good work and being able to do work with great people that you are inspired by, and and uh, 
maybe make more money than scale, which I've done six films this year and they were all scale. Yeah. Can't make a living. No, much, Just no. like in the music business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because everything's pirated and, but the new, the new, the new way, the, the road, uh, to freedom is actually Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Ted Sarandos, who's actually a friend of mine, who's fantastic. Him and his wife Nicole, um, what he has done um, is actually given a lot of freedom to filmmakers. Yeah, it, it's starting. It's it's. I mean, he's, it's making a lot of money too, but it's also uh, he's. It's uncharted territory. Well, it allows you to monetize a niche audience. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. In theory, if if a hundred thousand people are your fan, yeah. and you, you know, you ought to be able to make a living from a hundred thousand people. Musicians can, and, yeah. and and novelists can, and God knows, painters can. But for films, it's been hard because of the it costs so much to advertise and yeah. get all the theater. So if you could just sell directly to people, you know, then then you can have a different kind of art doesn't have to reach 20 or 30 million people. The, the block, it doesn't have to be one size fits all. But what's great from did you see Beasts of No Nation? Yeah. No. Oh, it's very powerful and it's very hard, but it's fantastic. What a great director this guy is. Um, and uh, he put it out, they put it out for a week in the theater so it can have an Oscar. And then 30 million people are going to see this movie if they choose to. Mm. And that, um, I, I, I like that. I like that he's doing this because a lot of young filmmakers are able to, um, he's buying films and people are gonna, going to be able to see them. The little films like, I just did six of these movies, will they ever see the light of day? I don't know because they might not have a, a, enough money to promote them. You know, we, you, you hope, but then you're like, maybe Ted will buy one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody's hoping. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I, although I never go there with him, he's just my friend. I that's never, the, I never do the business stuff. You know, ever, ever, ever. I I don't pretend to know Ramdas very well, but I've been grateful that I've been able to meet him a, a number of times. And one time I was talking to him, and he, he was talking about one of his books because he's written like fifteen books or something, and. And somehow it came up, uh, something about, well, it didn't do what Be Here Now did, but it still meant a lot to me. And, and he just said, nothing I've ever done sold with, did as well as Be Here Now. Not even close. It's, it's just, <laughs> it's like, you know, what are you going to The mystery of it, I mean, you do every one of them with, uh, even Bob Dylan's the greatest songwriter, I think, of our lifetime. But not every song he writes is affects people as much as every other song. You know, it's just one of those things, you know. Um, you just have to put it out there and know that there's a mystery to what connects with people, you know, it's... Uh, you're still a manager, you're still in the music business. I have a little management company, which I'm so excited to do. I'm going to see one of my clients, Steve Earle, tomorrow. He's playing Paris. And your daughter, Katie, has my a daughter, band? My daughter, Katie's in the band called The Pretty It's. I do not manage her, nor should I. I just get to be the dad. She's got a wonderful manager named Asif Ahmed. But uh, I was a little... Um, uh, stunned that she decided to become a singer, but she did this in the last couple of years, and she's off to an extremely good start. So you've obviously knew her when she I, was a little girl. I know. I, I can't wait to see her um, life. But uh, this thing of getting older is uh, is a trip, you know, uh, for me, and and it's it, it it ties into the whole issue of who am I, and am I just defined by these roles and these titles? And um, you know, I'm reading about your career. I mean, you just did so many things that are just a dream experience for so many people that want to be in the arts, being on the cover of Rolling Stone, being on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, these are pinnacle experiences. And for me, it's anything managing Nirvana when their album was number one, being thanked when Bonnie Raitt. 
won the Grammys on TV and, you know, other things like that. But but they pass. Everything passes, you know. And then what's left, you know, and then how to how to keep a positive attitude about the moment and 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 what what one is doing now with without dishonoring the past, but also not becoming obsessed by it. Are these just, do you think about these things? Uh, constantly, um, because I can wake up a, a day and just spin into negativity yeah. and be judgmental and unkind and all the things that I'm working so hard to and not especially think. unkind to yourself. Yes, number one. And um, because if you're unkind to other people, you are unkind to yourself. Yeah. Because it's just an energetic thing. And you can feel that energy and it's a spiral. Yeah. I mean, once you – it's a domino effect and you go down and down yeah. and down if you're in that space. And and I work really hard every day to not go there because my brain wants to go there. I think it just naturally I, – I, I thought I was like this amazing positive person. Mm. Um I have found as I've gotten older, and I don't know if it's hormonal and just dealing with just the change of life and that we're, it's a little bit more cynical, a little bit more judgmental, and I work so hard not to be that. Like, it's the time where you're supposed to, I find, well, I have a choice. I wake up and I go, oh, what is this? Okay, what can you do to, this is where you pray, this is where you change the thinking and, and get into gratitude. Yeah, yeah. And I sometimes literally have to write it down in front of me, which, you know, a gratitude list every day for me is works. It's yeah, I, I have yeah. a lot to be grateful for. And and you almost need to see it right in front of you. Mm. Yeah, Ron Bass talks a lot about the witness, about if you can watch your thoughts and watch your emotions, that, that they have a little bit less power. And they don't define you. You're seeing them and not feeling like, oh, that's who I... Because when I'm depressed, I feel that is reality. Yeah. Everything else is, is a myth. And that's that's the true me, is this terrible failure of a person. Uh, that, I, I, because one person doesn't respond to an email in 24 hours. That's it. <laughs> no. I know. I think that maybe we're all like that. I don't yeah. know, but I definitely yeah. go there. And that's that's where so you're So the witnessing thing has been helping me uh, reduce the power of those, those, those feelings. Witnessing. Yeah. I'm not big on it. It's a Buddhist thing. I, I have a... Uh, you know, I'm more devotional. You know, that comes more naturally to me. But but the idea of if I can detach from the emotion and see it, then it, at least it's not. Then who's the person seeing the emotion? You know, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a that's been a helpful concept for me. So you've been this also this huge. I don't think there's anyone else like you that I know from from the film, TV, and acting world who's as much of a passionate lover of music. And it's been so much part of that's how I met you and how I know you as this champion of music. You're always championing an artist. You, you know, uh, friends with so many musical artists. What 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 is that all about? I, I, just it's in my soul. I think when I was growing up, my godfather was Hamilton Camp, Gibson and Camp. Mm. They're folk singers and big influences. I know that Neil Young loved them and I Dylan. I grew up around the Greenwich Village cafes of uh, um, Odetta and being a kid where they bring me and I'd be sleeping on a chair and, you know, Odetta be singing or uh, Lauren Nero, I mean, um, Joan Baez. And I just grew up around musicians playing. I just, and the feel, uh, I love the creative process of, I love being around when a song was being written. And it just did something to me. I don't know why I didn't do it myself, but I know that, I'm here for some reason to champion other artists. I made that documentary 
um, All We Are Saying, which um, interviews a lot of great musicians, Patti Smith being yeah. one of my heroes yeah. of all time. Um, uh, I'm sure you, of course, read her new book. I have read her new book. Uh, you know, I was friends with yeah, her for, for years. a very long time, yes. from yes. 1970-ish, and... Uh, and uh, yeah, I love both of her books. And uh, I love how she lives uh, a, a true artist's life. Yeah, yeah. No, she and, walks and really her life. She talks simply, in. really simply, like a monk, just like just you know, with her, even the way she packs and what she's taking in with her on her trips, which is not you know tons of luggage. I mean, she's got her six pairs of bee socks. I mean, just really, I love this woman so yeah. much, and oh, and I love seeing her perform. Um, but something happens, and for me, that's the true church. That's the true temple. That's the true God. Is when music comes through and it touches your soul. And and I rem- I had this moment at Coachella because I shot all the backstage interviews f- for them for six years, and there was this moment going up in the um, cherry picker high up above the crowd, and Willie Nelson um, was playing it, but and I had just been with him in his bus mm. and so went up on the cherry picker afterwards and there was this moment I just said I if I if I want to die like this this is how I was so happy in this moment yeah and being in a crowd watching music for me is um is and, and people gathering all there with good intentions and and loving it too it was it was uh, one of those great moments, and I think that that inspires me every day to uh, get up in the morning as even putting on a great record. So I start the day with a, a record of the day. I wish I could do this. You you did it with me, uh, kind of. You had you gave me a show. Don't you remember? You gave me a show under the rainbow when you were going to to on the artist direct. Oh, I, you know I don't I don't really think I'm not sure that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was you. Really? I don't remember that. No, I've, that's the thing of having such a long Danny. <laughs> life. <laughs> no, no, this is crazy. Yeah. You gave me my own show on the internet, and then the oh yes, said, yes, oh, yes, oh. that's right. With you, this guy Stuart Shapiro. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, that and was a, one of my fail failed business ventures. But it you, was. But what was but so it was cool. great that you could do it. Yeah. Well, guess what? Is, did that it, lead to Coachella? That led to my two documentaries because what I did was it was in the kitchen with Rosanna, which was Daniel Lanois always said to me. Anyway, we're going into music now, but music That's being okay. spiritual. That's okay, yeah. Um, you should be interviewing people in your kitchen because I'd always have these cool musicians at my house. Right, and, right. Like Kim Gordon and Thurston and all those people were around, Joni Mitchell. And he said, you should interview people in your kitchen. I told you, and you said, well, let's do it. Yeah, and yeah. And I did it. I and um in my kitchen and then would play a record and that's what that and and it kind of led and it's my favorite thing to do. I could do this forever and be so happy yeah. and never. No, you've done these two wonderful movies, Search, Searching for Deborah Winger and All We Are Saying, and I'm sure you'd love to do more. It's just I, it's a, it is a good environment though for that stuff. What, what is one of my favorite scenes of the movie that you were in was in New York Stories, um, where where um, you're asking Nick Nolte if you're talented. Oh, I know. And, and she wasn't as talented. As I, the thing that I think that was hard at that moment, I think, because she she really wanted to be the painter it, that he was. And, yeah. And it wasn't that she wasn't talented, but she, what she didn't have is that she had to ask, and right. and he had to be the one to validate her instead of having it herself. Right. And nothing was going to stop. Yeah. 
her from painting no matter what anybody thought. Right. And that's what he says. He says, what is this talent shit, yeah, right? Yeah. He says, well, people who are artists because they have to do it, not yes. because someone else says they have talent. It's something along those yes. lines, right? That's pretty true, right? I think so. I think that there, there, I know a lot of talented people who are brilliant that just can't seem to do it. Yeah. And, and I think when you go into it thinking, because now we are living in the Kardashian world of, yeah. of what fame is. Right. And so reality, television, the death of art. Um, if you're going into it just to be famous, I think that that will end up not being a good thing. For an artist, that's not yeah. that's not what an artist does. Right, an artist just does it because they have to make art, and it's not about being famous. But the thing about rock and roll, and this is to me that it combined interdirected desire to be true, and you, we felt certainly John Lennon, Bob Dylan, these people, you felt they were being true to themselves, but at the same time, it was mass culture. It wasn't the the poet starving somewhere reaching 25 people and oh. being recognized after they died. I mean, that that art form that we both were inspired by was also simultaneously had real art in it and was a mass appeal art. And part of the art was John Lennon going on the Mike Douglas show and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jimi Hendrix knowing he decided to dress up like that and to play the guitar with his teeth. I mean, no one made him do that, yeah. you know, and I'm sure he, he wanted that, that attention. And and that's the, for a commercial artist, you know, the balance of those two things, um, you know, is to me a constant, uh, a constant struggle. There's a few people like Neil Young who never seem to make a mistake, but <laughs> in that way, you know, you, you, you know. I'm pretty excited about what's going on with Neil right now these days. He's actually uh, doing pretty, he's really super happy. He's with a girlfriend, I'm yeah. like, and um, they are happy as can be, and he's making art, and they're creating together, and um, I can't wait to hear his this new record he's working on. Um, he's one of the greats, and he's somebody that I just adore. I love Neil, one of my favorites. I love. There's so many wonderful artists that inspire me right now. The great new young bands. Who are the young ones? Yeah, I love that band Tame Impala. I love them. Um, I've, I'm a huge Radiohead fan, but they're not young anymore. Right, right. Um, At one I, time, yeah, they were they, brand they, new. Yeah, they were brand yeah. new. Yeah, you know, you yeah. remember. Um, uh, oh, there's so many great, cool bands. Um, I love Laura Marling. Mm. Do, you, do you know her work? I do, yeah. I really bit, love her yeah. a lot. You're uh, Martha. Oh, I forgot. She's got a new record. I, I meant to bring you. Oh, she, Martha, and her uh, half sister Lucy Wainwright Roach, just did an album. It came out this week called Lullabies. Really? And um, all right, I'll just get it. It's uh, yeah, I'll get buy it. it. It's it's beautiful. It's I will acoustic. Buy it. <laughs> they did it live in a in a in a barn somewhere in Canada, you know. And it's sort of these dark lullabies. Yeah, you know, she has two young sons now. Yeah, yeah. She uh, 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 four know, she... and one. Oh. Uh, Ark and Francis. Yeah, second oh, one's cool. named Francis. Oh, cool. And um, and then she just has them come on stage. She just did a show the other night. Yeah, they just they're wander a fam- on they're stage. They're that family. Yeah. They're the yeah. family of artists. And like I come from that. You know, right. Eldest of right. five, we're all artists. Right. A, exactly. My sister's an Oscar winner. I mean, yeah. it's you know, there's a lot of a lot of charge around all that from people. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, she's she's in a good place right now. Um, she's. The, I think she's doing some of her best work now. Yeah. 
You know, and I've had that with two people I work with in the past, both Bonnie Raitt, who we mentioned before, and, and Lucinda Williams, who, who really there were more successful in their 40s than they were in their 20s and 30s. And I think that's what's... Martha's not 40 yet, but she's getting pretty close. And I she's think... She's not even 40. She's, 30, she's, she's it's 39. Living. Yeah. It's, it's living and being wiser. Lucinda, I love. Yeah. I mean, her, her last record is... It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. You know? But it's interesting. She really only hit her stride, you know, in her 40s yeah. in terms of reaching an audience. Yeah. You know, she was always great. But but so I'm 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 I'm. Uh, Do you still take care of her? No, mm -hmm. she's a friend of mine. Yeah. I never managed Lucinda. Oh, okay. When I was at Mercury, I I uh, bought that record, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. Yeah. By, uh, you know, and um, it it um, that's how I met Steve Earle because he produced it, and then we've been friends ever since then. And and she's managed by her um, husband Tom Overby, yeah. who's just a, done a wonderful job and and also been a good person for her. You know, to, without gossiping yeah. about her previous people. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely my favorite. Good, good. And, um, uh, but she's still, f she's a good friend and, and to one of my favorite, one of my favorite Tell artists. Tell her hi. I met her yeah. a few times with a Chrissy Hind. Yeah. But, but the interesting thing is that, yeah, there's just some people and, and, you know, Steve Earle, who I do manage and work with, who's one of my best friends, you know, he didn't start making records till he was in his thirties and he's, I think, continues to be very much alive. But it, it varies from, Artists to artists. Some of them do do their best work in their 20s. There's just no question about it. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, but... Um, like, oh, there's so many great artists. I can't think. Um, terrible. Hmm. Uh, and I, I, I'm loving, you know, there's a lot of great hip-hop. I mean, that I, I never really got into it, but I love, I mean, years ago, of course, um, Tupac. I think was a total genius, and and then you see some of the artists that are coming up that are real poets and and are tip like. Did you see um, Straight Outta Compton? I did. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. Well, it, my, it's such a yeah, great film, yeah. and showing what those kids did and what they did yeah. with music, they transformed the industry. No, there's and no. Trey no, is a genius. <laughs> listen, my friend Jimmy Iovine has uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly was wise to get into that. I never could t train my mind to understand that music the way I do rock and roll or folk music. Um, obviously, I honor and respect it. It's my son Max, who's only listens to hip hop. Yeah, you know? my daughter, and that's why I. And so that's what why I, if I wanted to be in the car with her, I wanted to yeah, understand exactly. what she's into and get into it. And there's some, the, the, the guy, The weekend, he's got yeah. a good record. So what do you say? You have hippie generation friends who, who, who think there's been no good music since the 60s and 70s. I'm sure I hear this all the time from people of my, my generation. What do you what do you say to them? I think they're crazy. Yeah. There's, they're just the artists that we're talking yeah. about right now. And, and a lot of the artists I love are influenced by the artists we love yeah. and grew up with. Um, you know who I'm fascinated by in terms of the hippie culture, and now I'm just jumping around randomly, is Miley Cyrus. Because so I gotta, I'm gonna, have I, you spent any time with her? I don't know her. Yeah. I don't know her at all. And and I know she's kind of, she, I'm trying to get it, and I don't yet. And um, so, but but what I did see recently, what is is this jam session thing that she's getting she's into. been doing it. i have a client and that yeah. that to me yeah. was as I, I opened the door for me i went yeah. i like what are you because she's actually a great singer yeah she's a great singer great singer and you she know. has she has this thing that she understands music herself and she's she's going uh, just bringing it all in as a true artist and i i'm in 
want to know more about well, her. She's and doing see these things. She, I think she calls it the backyard sessions or something. So, she got cool. something about, so I have a client named Against Me, and the lead singer, Lori Jane Grace, is transgender and is, is kind of an icon and a great punk group at the same time. So, so Miley somehow was fascinated with her and did a song with her, Joan Jett. Her, Joan Jett, and Laura did. Oh, um, uh, um, androgynous, you know, the, the yeah. replacement song, and then they did one of Laura's songs. So I went for that day, and I saw her scene, and, you know, her foundation is called the Happy Hippie Foundation, and she's um, really... Then she did one... She does a lot with the Flaming Lips, and the Flaming that, Lips, yeah, to me, are really pretty do... interesting. Talk about carrying the torch of the 60s vibe. They're one of the few. That's that's a real 60s type of a, of a band that's still part of, you know, the 21st century. And then... Out of the goodness of her, she flew Melanie out there. You know, and Melanie has not had a record deal in like 20 years. You know, she's had a kind of a very difficult uh, non-career since her early days. Of the skate and, song. And, the, 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 uh, yeah, Brand key, New Key. Brand New Key. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, uh, you know, uh, Candles in the Rain, which was about, right. you know, Woodstock and, uh, and all that stuff. Had this... Um, you know, husband who managed her, who was whatever their relationship was, she was a terrible manager, in my opinion. And so nobody pays much attention to Melanie. And, and she flew her out there. And if you go on YouTube, there's this thing of Miley and and Melanie singing. She had this song called "Look What They've Done to My Song, Ma." Yes, yes. And the two, of the, and you see the the thing that really touched me about the way Miley is with these artists. If you see them on, is she's so generous to them. That's it. It's all about giving them attention. It's 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 she's so not competing with them. They're her guests. She's there to glorify them. And then when she sings, it's like, oh, my God, she really can sing. I, I first that's, got that's turned on that... to her. There was this Dylan anthology that, that Jeff Aroff did for um, Amnesty, where 70 different people did Dylan songs. And she did um, acoustically, You're Going to Make Me Lonely When You Go. And I realized, oh, my God, she's a, a singer. Yeah. So she's 22 years old. I know. She's been famous since she was 15. Interesting. You know, to see what she does the next period of time. I, I'm but she's, excited. She's about... striving for a certain energy that you don't see in most of the pop icons. You know, she because she has the she has the adoration of the Madonna kind of that world of the pop artists. You know, shocking everybody, and then yeah, she's yeah. got this artist soul, which is her backyard. Yeah, that's and that's what where I went. Oh, oh, I, you're really interesting. I. That's that's Some, where it's where yeah. it, it shifted. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see what you know. I always figure young people are God doesn't turn off the faucet. I always say you know there's definitely every generation is going to have great music and it means a lot to young people the way it did to us. But it's um, it's 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 a it's still that challenge of how to be listen to the inner voice that's the, your highest self, whatever it is. And still cope with the external demands of of, of being in the world, you know. And it, it's it's being having your picture taken. I mean, you've been having your picture taken since you were what eighteen or nineteen years old. Whenever you went out, yeah. More. It's very interesting because just recently I was in Malibu, you know, going to a grocery store and in sweats and no make. Oh boy! And now it's about humiliation. They just want to make you look terrible and I don't want to wake up and have to put on makeup to go out in yeah. public and I never think that way and then you know there you are and do I really look like that oh. <laughs> um, but you just have to go okay whatever I mean I guess it's nice that they still want to take your picture I I, yeah. I mean or it's a is it a you can poo poo it but it's also I don't know it's a it's not anything I really strive to have 
But then when it kind of goes away and um, as you're getting older and the roles become more difficult and not as, you know, fulfilling, uh, um, that's what's so great about television, you know, to be able to do something on TV would be so fun. Um, so what do you hard. make of, we? you know, I, I think like me, you're kind of on the liberal side politically um, and came up in the, again, you're saying civil rights movement, anti-war movement. And I have not I changed my politics. I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm, if I'm voting for Bernie. Yeah. I'm voting for Bernie Sanders. By the way, I, he's, he's using, he's using Steve Earle's The Revolution Starts Now as his theme song. That's so, I'm so proud of Steve, you know, and, um, I mean, I think but, I, but, I, I do want him to kind of, you know, I agree with him, but, the, but he's also for him to win. Um, He's got to figure out. Yeah, something. I don't know whether he's going to win or not, and that's that. I don't, I don't I, think he can. But, but, I, I don't. I'm worried and, and that I he can't. I think it's un, unlikely, but he's having a great influence on on the culture and the conversation. But to me, he stands for ethical values that 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 of caring about every single person in society and opportunity and and you know against the oligarchy. At the same time, the people that that I oppose politically you know, right wing, say Ben Carson being right now the famous front runner, do have... I would have thought they, it was going to be Rubio. They do have... Well, I think Rubio ultimately could get the nomination, yeah. but all of them, a lot of the so-called right wing are are uh, define themselves as religious Christians. We were just talking about John Boehner, I think was genuinely psyched to, to host Pope Francis in, in the House of Representatives and to meet him. I, I don't think that was phony on his part. I, mm -hmm. I think he was a pretty dreadful force in American political life, but I believe that's that's true. And I try to find how to respect the divinity and the the common humanity of these people. I do believe a lot of them do love Jesus. I think there are a lot of hypocrites who just use it to make money or mm -hmm. for power, for political. But I think the, the most of them, I think a lot of them really do have this connection with what they think Jesus would want. And yet, you know, it's like Bill Maher says there's two Jesus. There's the real Jesus and there's hedge fund Jesus. There's like this other Jesus that they've created that's for, you know, lower taxes on the wealthy and against, you know, the welfare state and stuff. But, but they are part of God's creation. I mean, if we believe in God, then God created all the right wingers also. Yes. And, and, uh, and how, to, how to find a sense of unity with people who one disagrees with so profoundly about certain things. Is this something you come across? Um, I have a really hard time. Um, I, I want to love everyone and be okay, and you're right about that. But uh, this whole thing that's going down with the right wing Republicans um, taking over, um, I'm ha I'm having a really hard time loving them. Uh, but I I also because I think that the country, if this is being taken over, if this happens, I think. It's nerve-wracking, yeah. It's terrifying. It's, uh, Canada's looking good. Canada's yeah. got a left-wing government yeah. now. Yeah, I know. Trudeau, I was there. Um, the, yeah. You know, the... The son. The son of... Of, of Margaret. Of Margaret and Pierre, yeah. yeah. He's 45. Of course, you see, I said Margaret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's still yeah, alive. Yeah. There was an article just the other day in the Times about how she's kind of rehabilitated, you know, and uh, she was at all of his inauguration oh, and stuff good. like that. I think he was mostly raised by the dad. Really? Yeah, I think she, but but it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting moment. But um, what I find when I talk about politics often, 
uh, like I get the, I have these very strong opinions, you know, and I get angry at people who disagree with me. Me too. And then it's like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be the spiritual person that loves everybody. How could anger possibly be So that's what we both have to work on because uh, we have to find a way. But um, it is, it's hard. I see, you know, the people that are controlling our the food industry. Yeah. And... Um, uh, they just, you know, the World Health, Organ- Health Organ- Organization just came out with what is the ro- round robin? What is it called? The round roundup? It's the it's the it's the spray that they spray the weed killer that is so toxic, and they're now said. I mean, it's linked to cancer and Parkinson's and all mm. these horrible things. Yeah, and most of the rest of the world is banning it from crops around the world. America has just upped it thirty percent. Yeah, I mean. What is that? Well, what, you lived what, what, in what France. What is that? You lived in France for a while, yeah. right? I've never lived anywhere yeah. outside of the country. I've traveled and never lived, mm-hmm. but you lived in and, France. And England. And England. So do you think that there's something um, distinctive about American culture, or is it just sort of Western culture that's infected by this greed uh, Well, the Americans is the West... I is mean, the leader of that the vibe? Western c- yeah. culture, yeah. We and it is completely different. And when it's you a were completely in... different culture, um, and we're very impatient. Yeah, we're super impatient, uh, and we're we're rude. That's what they say. We're rude Americans, and not everybody is rude individually. I'm just saying. I'm sure there's there's some rude I, people in France. Oh, come on, uh, no, they're, they're, no, <laughs> I mean, no, come on. They do because they don't like Americans, <laughs> right? <laughs> not all. Yeah. Um, yes. No, there are. But uh, there's an impatience that we have, and I don't know where that comes from, that is inherent in our culture, that it's, it's very, very different in Italy, France, even in England. Um, but you had the choice to, to live a European life, and you, I, and you, came, back, I would, and you came back here. What, what drew you no, back? I, w- I would live in England in a second, or go back to Europe in a second if I could, um, uh, and live there. I, I, what drew me back is... It is a great country. We it was it is and should be and hopefully will be and there are wonderful people and there are wonderful opportunities here. So um, I came back here. Uh, my business was here. Yeah. This is really where the work that I do is yeah. really here. Even though I can work in other countries, but basically it's here. Uh, yeah. And All I, right. Well, I thank you so much for. Are we going on and on? Are we okay? No, we can go on longer. Know. You know, I oh, just part don't. Two. We'll come I know time. you have to go somewhere. Uh, and, and you do. You're, and, and you're going to. I'm going to the airport. I think I'm a little less pressed for time than, okay. than, than, than you are. But I, uh, I just want to uh, say um, you really do carry the torch for a certain kind of integrity in art and in the world. And, and just please keep doing it. Oh, thank you, Danny. And you too. Thank you. Um, I send you lots of love and love to the tribe of the Goldberg yeah, tribe. And our daughters. And our daughters. God bless our, pu- our, daughters our, pub- are, our public daughters. They are uh, they're carrying the, the torch of, of, of art, the yeah. artist torch, the yeah. two of them. Thank you. Cool. You know, we thought that this was over, and then we both took our headphones off, and Rosanna mentioned angels, and boy, I love angels, and I believe I've had a guardian angel for my whole life, and I and I would love to hear what you have to say about this. Well, I we talk about prayer. Yes. And I really, truly, absolutely believe in angels. Not only have I heard them, I've seen 
them. Mm, nice. And this is the situation. When I was 11 years old, I, I uh, we lived in this commune, and I was actually in this sad place, and I heard this... I literally heard, like in a movie, that kind of chorus, of the sound wow. of singing, like that was so beautiful, and and I like I was alone, nobody was there, and it was the Shenandoah River in the forest, mm. and and there 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 was this sound of 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 angels, that I knew was something, and I told my mom she believed me, my she did she did believe yeah you. yeah, and I, at, when my mother, my daughter was two years old she had. Um, gotten tainted E. coli ridden apple juice that gave her uh, E. coli and she almost died of kidney failure and so she was at the hospital my mom and I prayed and we were holding hands while she had to go get um, a dialysis it was horrendous and, at they, two, and she was two yeah and they said wow. she was these kids had went all across the country and these kids ended up some a lot of them died she, she was a death door. Um, and I was like, okay, please, I will do it. Take it all. Take my aunt, take anything, but I can't do, I can't do this. I said, mom, I can't do this. I can't do this one. They mm. can't, she can't. Right. And she said, we are going to pray. So my mom was, by the way, dying of cancer in uh, six months. Uh, we had, we had been at Patty, uh, with Patty Smith at, um, uh, Allen Ginsberg's memorial. Oh, my, my mom was yeah. really, really sick at the time. So she was dying. And, but we held hands and did this prayer. And I saw these gigantic, and they were huge, and they were all women. These huge, eight-foot-tall, huge angels with wing, And they, one of them was holding Zoe, my daughter, over another Zoe, like over her. There were two Zoes. Right, right. And they put her back into herself. I saw this wow. whole image. And and I said, Mom! And, like, and then apparently she woke up and they had put her out and she woke up and said she wanted to watch TV. Wow. <laughs> which, and, uh, <laughs> so, which was funny. And uh, and they were kind of like, what did they give her? And she, in this moment, and she was talking and alert. Yeah. And they were all kind of freaked out by that. It real, I believe in them. And I have heard them and I ask guidance and I just believe that they exist. I do. That's so interesting. I didn't know that you had gotten close to your mom at the at the end of her life. I know you had ups and downs with her. Oh no, we were we were we had a very intense close relationship for many many um, I left home at a young age, but she was my mom was a true bohemian artist, brilliant left-wing poet, uh, activist. And I have total respect for her. But she also had a lot of flaws and stuff that we had worked through when we were kids. She was, she was very violent when I grew up. Not with the other kids. Well, a little bit, but not like she was with me. And, right. um, and so that had a lot of, I had a lot of scarring, a lot of working through. Then my mom ended up being a therapist and we worked through our stuff. So I was with her when she took her last breath. Right, I mean, right. we, we went, did that passage together and she is kind of one of the angels, I think, that's around me that nice, I, nice. I connect with in a major way. And I think she helps me with my daughter who was going through a hard time, it was great now, but right. was going through something. And I feel like she's okay, you know, she's gonna be okay. All right. So again, something bigger than us, and thank God for that. Yeah, every minute. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Danny Goldberg's Rock and Rolls Hour. We appreciate your support, and hope you will continue that support 
by going to mindpodnetwork.com slash Danny.